When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today I'm here with Greg and our special guest, Nate Hills. Nate's a pro enduro racer and the man behind the wildly popular Follow Cam Friday YouTube series. Thanks for joining us, Nate. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start off learning a little bit more about you. Tell us a little about yourself and how you got into enduro racing. So I, um, I've lived in Dillon, Colorado for, uh, 19 years. Um, I live at 9,000 feet above the ocean. I basically have been racing bikes for 13 years. I started in 2003. I've raced every discipline. My background is basically a bunch of, uh, pro downhill racing in the States. And then I started, uh, dabbling in cross country and took to that. And Enduro was sort of just coming into the States, um, at that time, maybe like four years ago. And it seemed like a logical sort of, uh, transfer to, um, use all my skill sets and kind of the type of, uh, riding I enjoy doing anyway. So. I made the transfer full time to uh, racing enduro, and pretty much that's all I do anymore. And allows me to travel around and see new trail, and I really uh, enjoy it. The downhill thing was kind of getting stale, racing the same tracks every year, doing that sort of thing. So this is kind of like a new and interesting avenue for me. So I'm definitely into it, and race full time and travel, and uh, enjoy every second of it right now. Yeah, right on. Last month, you took first at the Scott Enduro Cup in Moab. So tell us a little more about your racing season so far this year. Well, that was, I guess, technically my first real race of the season. Um, it's hard to say anymore because I seem to find myself racing at <laughs> interesting times of the year. And I don't always know when the season started and began, but <laughs> as uh, 2016 season, I guess that was my first real race. That was That was good. I had a good result. Funny story about that one, actually. Yeah, an interesting story about that Moab race. I um, managed to crash on stage two in the middle of my race run, and you race, and you get up, and you run around, and you get back on your bike, and you keep pinning it. And halfway to the bottom, I noticed there was blood all over the place, and I get to the bottom of the track, and my bike was covered in blood. My pants were covered in blood. So we called the medics, and those guys came down and uh, essentially taped me up with a bunch of gauze and this and that and sent me on my way. And I lacerated my knee pretty good. I was an idiot not wearing knee pads, but that's what I do sometimes. And uh, I basically went and rode for two more hours and finished the next two stages and then drove myself directly to the hospital. And in Moab, it was uh, basically two hours in the hospital, 10 stitches, a couple of x-rays, and they sent me back in my way. And I drove back out to the race venue because i never liked to miss a barbecue after the after the <laughs> race and um actually found out that i had won the race wow so i limped myself up onto the podium and uh got my check and it basically covered my medical bills so i kind of broke even on that one <laughs> wow so, that's some dedication 
yeah, pretty funny. There's still a little bit of blood on my on my bike that I like to keep on there for for the memory. But <laughs> so yeah, so that that was the first race of the year, and then I unfortunately had to miss the next race that was uh, the big mountain enduro in Santa Fe because my knee wasn't quite ready to uh, to take that yet. So I had to miss that one, and then um, I was off to Bolivia right after that. So. My next race is uh, Keystone, my local race for part of the Big Mountain Enduro Series. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to do some more uh, racing here. So I'm ready. Nice. So tell us a little bit about your recent trip to Bolivia. Are you going to have any follow cam Friday footage from that for us to check out? Man, I will have a bunch of footage um, from that to check out here. A bunch of interesting stuff that'll be pretty wild and uh, pretty cool to watch, I think, for the viewers. Yeah, the basic the basic premise behind the trip was to it was a photo only trip, getting content for some of the sponsors that were paying for it, whatever. But the idea was to spend two weeks there, and we lined up a nine day traverse of the Cordillera Real. Basically, La Paz is the capital city, and the Cordillera Real is a mountain range that runs north to south, uh, just north of the uh, the uh, capital city there. And we had researched some trekking routes and that sort of thing. And we couldn't find any information about anyone ever cycling the route. So we decided it would be a good idea to do a nine-day self-supported bikepacking trip and try to traverse the whole range and um, pretty much wing it. <laughs> so we, Dang. you know, we looked at maps and we talked to people and made all the preparations. And um, it, it was my first bikepacking experience whatsoever. So pretty wild to kind of like be out there in the middle of this and just uh, kind of going with, you know, whatever we had to do to make it through the, the track. So, so it was cool. So a nine-day bikepacking trip on a trail in Bolivia that you don't know if anybody's ridden was your first experience. Yeah, that's a good way to start it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. My friends, um, they had had some pretty good experience doing this. So we had, we had a group of four. And I was traveling with uh, Joey Schusler and uh, Thomas Woodson, who were shooting the photos. And then myself and Karsten Oliver, who's a uh, pro skier out of Salt Lake City. Uh, we were the athletes, and we basically tried to make it as far as we could each day and taking pictures. We took we took 14,000 pictures. What? So we're basically nice. shooting photos and suffering all day in the big mountains and... Uh, and moving along as fast as we could. The, the average elevation was like 15,050 feet for the whole oh. track or for the whole traverse. And then uh, the high point was 17,600, uh, something like that. So pretty wow. pretty wild elevation-wise um, to be up there for nine days. Wow. Sounds like so you guys were probably the first to do it. How long do you think it'll be before the second group of people actually attempt that route? Man, I hope we can sandbag some people into doing it because honestly, the first few days of the route weren't very established. We were pretty much following scrappy llama trails and lots of hike a bike and kind of just like pointing point A to point B, get mm-hmm. over that pass, keep going, get down to that lake, set up camp type stuff. But once we get halfway through the route and we get closer to the city, the trails are more developed and more rideable and um, a better experience. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully, people see these photos and are inspired to go take it on. But it's quite the uh, it's quite the endeavor, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and you know, carrying food and gear for nine days is uh, 
lot of weight and you're climbing these giant passes with no trail. So it's pretty, uh, it was a pretty good undertaking. Interesting trip. Wow. Yeah. That sounds incredible. Yeah. So in addition to that, we did a bunch of urban downhill riding in the city of La Paz. So we were getting shuttled by uh, Gravity Bolivia, who is an outfit right out of the city there. And those guys have this sweet old Land Cruiser with a nice bike rack on top and drove us uh, to the top of the city. And we were riding down these crazy stair sets. And they actually had an urban downhill race in town a few years ago. So we rode parts of that course and checked that out with the guides and had a really good time riding janky stair sets and getting chased by dogs and old ladies pop out of the shadows in front of you and almost take you off your bike. It's, uh, it's, it was pretty wild. That was a cool, cool part of it too. So there'll be a bunch of good video coming from uh, that sort of thing. I think should be interesting for people to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. Nice. I know. I want to check it out for sure. Yeah. So what was the inspiration for Follow Cam Friday? What gave you the idea to shoot these videos? Man, I was being lazy and sitting around on my computer one day, and uh, I saw this video that was posted up. And my buddy, uh, Jeff Brines, posted this video of... Um, him using a gimbal to shoot some GoPro footage and just riding a regular old trail. I think it was in uh, Wyoming somewhere around Jackson. And I was just kind of uh, awestruck by how smooth everything looked. And I typically was never a POV guy. Like I couldn't stand watching it. It was too shaky. And I just couldn't get my head around uh, enjoying the footage. And then when I saw the steady cam action, I was like, wow, that's uh, pretty cool. And I should probably buy one. And then 15 minutes later, I'm on Amazon searching around for him and bought one. And yeah, that was pretty much, uh, that was pretty much the inspiration behind it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much started out just making short Instagram videos. It was kind of like an Instagram thing. And then that took off really well and people were stoked on these little clips. So I started using that to kind of advertise a, you know, full length video on YouTube and the response was good and people were stoked on it. So I kept, uh, kept making the videos it's always been for fun it's like kind of a fun side project but it's starting i'm starting to kind of you know take it a little more seriously and try to put up good content and things you know yeah so for a lot of these do you go out specifically to shoot for follow cam friday or are you you know just doing like training rides and you bring your camera along uh you know i don't really film training rides because maybe there's too much suffering or I don't know. It's just not as fun. <laughs> like no one wants to see drool on my camera lens when I'm riding. So <laughs> I don't really do it for that per se, but you know, that said, these, these rides that we're going on are still mega rides by most people's standards. So it's certainly not, you know, bad for me for trading, but, um, I've always tried to keep it kind of fun and not trying to let the filming influence the ride. I kind of more like throw on my camera and just start recording. And I tell people like, you know, just, just ride smooth and have fun. And we're not drag racing here. We're just, we're just trying to have fun and try to look active and just do your thing and, and have a good time with the trail and flow. And it looks better on the camera than like pedaling every single second and trying to, you know, ride like you wouldn't race per se. Right. So yeah, like I, I've, I've been a big, proponent of not like stopping rides or making people wait to film to get the shot like we just go out and ride and whatever kind of happens happens and whatever we get we get so it's not very premeditated it's more like kind of real riding and sort of spur of the moment stuff like just keeping it keeping it moving and trying to have as much fun as we can and if it translates through to good video then I'll, I'll post it up you know 
Right on. So you mentioned the gimbal earlier. What what gimbal exactly are you using? So you know, I get I get these questions like ten times a day, and <laughs> we can answer it once actually, and for all now. Once and for all. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what brand I'm using with a disclaimer because. I do not endorse these products because they're a nightmare to work with, unfortunately. <laughs> and the gimbal technology, like, you know, granted, I'm not really using this, how it was designed. I mean, it's supposed to be for, for like in your house, filming your dog or something like that, maybe. And I'm pretty much beating on it and riding with it in the rain. And, and it's not designed to be used like that. But I use a... Um, it's a company called Feutech and it's a G4 gimbal is what I use. And I've basically modified a GoPro chesty mount to hold on to my gimbal. And then, you know, I shoot everything with a GoPro Hero 4 and I shoot everything in 4K. I like being able to like crop the videos down for Instagram and not lose a bunch of quality. So I like the 4K feature on that. But yeah, it's just the uh, the customer service with Feutech is, is hard to deal with in China. And I've broken a bunch of units and I have them in the mail constantly getting warranted. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm looking for a better solution, but not a lot of people make these units. And it's just, it, it's really tough to deal with. And they're kind of cumbersome to ride with. I mean, I think people don't quite know what they're getting into when they start out trying to use the gimbal setup. But I think, I mean, I think it's worth it for the video quality it produces, but it's definitely a little bit of a compromise to um, have that thing strapped to your body. And obviously, if you crash on it, it's expensive and it might break your ribs and that sort of thing. So it's kind <laughs> of, uh, right. yeah, it's a big undertaking, but it does produce good quality. And uh, it took a lot of tinkering to get it, to get my setup right where, you know, it's perfect on my body. And I can actually wear it backwards on my back so I can film people behind me and I can just give the whole rig to friends and they can tell me or other people. So it's, it's a pretty good setup I have done, I think. Very nice. I, I agree. I mean, I think gimbals are saving POV footage on YouTube. I mean, we've watched so many crappy um, POV videos over the years that yours are, are definitely a breath of fresh air. So appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I honestly, I can't even watch non-stabilized footage anymore after watching so much smooth footage and editing and playing with it. The second I watch regular POV, even if it's on someone's head, I just can't even, I can't even watch it. I'm like a POV snob now. It's kind of funny, but yeah, I really, uh, I'm excited that I can show the trails in this way because it's not something that people have been able to really do in the past because of the shakiness. So it's kind of cool. So you mentioned that in some of your videos um, that you're having other people film you, but a lot of what Follow Cam Friday is about is about you following somebody else on the trail. I notice um, one of the regular guys that you feature in your videos is, is Kyle Mears. Um, but yeah, who else are you working with in these videos? So basically, I like to ride with, like, say, the fastest local on their local trails type situation. I mean, those guys always know all the lines. They know the trails really well. I can be comfortable chasing them around and ride at their speed and know that I'm not going to run into things and crash <laughs> everywhere. And it's usually a pretty safe wager. So yeah, like Kyle is a good example. He, he's like, you know, lived in Moab for 20 years. He owns a shuttle business there. He's like, he's, he's essentially the man in Moab. So 
I'd like to go and ride with him when I'm in Moab and shred his local trails and seems to be, seems to produce a good video. He's an incredibly talented rider. He's got way more skill than I do on the bike and always fun to watch him ride. Um, yeah, I mean, I, when I'm around my home trails, uh, I ride with my buddy, uh, Alex McGinnis, who also races enduro. I've ridden in Sedona a lot with my buddy, uh, Frenchy Alex, Alex Petit He's actually over racing the uh, transfer bus right now. He's a good guy to follow in Sedona. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. Like I've met all these people through racing and traveling that I can go to almost any, any town anywhere in the States and have, you know, a little crew assembled that wants to go ride and film and do that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good. My, my friends are amazingly gifted riders and always fun to watch rides. So I'm pretty lucky to have a good, good crew wherever I go to, to ride with and film. Yeah. They're always into it. As long as I keep the, keep the flow going, they're happy, you know? Right. Well, yeah, that makes sense to, you know, rely on locals who are going to be able to hit the lines that are interesting to watch and, and all that kind of thing. Do you actually pre-ride the courses ahead of time or do you just kind of let, let the person in front lead and you just kind of try to keep up with them? Yeah, I pretty much. That's the whole game as I try to chase, just try to chase and, let the guy who knows the trail a little bit lead and hopefully it all works out. It's nothing, uh, nothing too premeditated. Like if we mess up a section, we don't really go back and rewrite it. We just keep it going and laugh at each other and heckle each other and whatever we get on video we get, you know, I'm not trying to slow down the ride or, or make it tailored for the video or think about it much. I just kind of film what's going down and if something doesn't look sweet, I take it out and if it looks good, then I leave it in and that's kind of how it goes. I'm, trying to keep the ball rolling and, you know, not really stop the ride. So I've ridden a few trails like for the first time following people and that stuff comes out fine, you know, and it's, it's always a challenge for me to keep up with these guys that are pinned on their local trails, but that's kind of part of the fun. And I enjoy uh, doing that. Don't really do multiple runs, just kind of go rip a run and get what we get type stuff. Right. That's impressive. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good challenge. <laughs> so we mentioned crashes earlier. Have you ever had any really good diggers while recording for file camp Friday? I have been pretty lucky, I guess I've only crashed on my rig maybe once on my chest and, um, didn't break any ribs. I got, I got pretty lucky there. It's, it's a pretty sizable chunk of plastic and metal that I'm wearing on the front of me. So yeah, like a couple, you know, little here and there in the bushes type stuff, but only one good slap onto my unit. Nothing broke. I didn't break any ribs. That was good. My friends have been amazingly lucky too. Usually they're pushing hard and trying to like look good in front of the camera type stuff. So they might try things that ordinarily maybe they wouldn't or who, who even knows, but they've, uh, I haven't really recorded that many sweet crashes, which is, uh, surprising of all the hours of video I've shot. Um, most people remain right side up for the most part. So that's lucky for them and for myself, I suppose. Yeah, I guess you so. just gotta stop riding with uh, world class riders. <laughs> yeah, I need, need to find some people I don't know and try to really be like, oh, we're making this video and try to scare them and see if I can. I don't know. It doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> oh man! So looking at your YouTube channel, by far the most popular video so far has been one that you shot at the Hangover Trail in Sedona. And I think, I think what made that one popular and really shareable was just the sheer terror people get from watching that. How scary was it when you were actually doing it? And I'd love to tell you it was the scariest thing ever, but honestly, that's not, it's for me, it's just kind of riding my bike and I don't even think about that stuff. 
I think the whole appeal of that is that a lot of people are very interested in all of my sort of deserty videos because the terrain is so different. Mm-hmm. What most people get to see every day. So like everybody sees like rocks and trees and that sort of thing. But Sedona is pretty unique in the fact that it's all red rock and it's visually stunning and there's rock features and wall rides and all this natural terrain that doesn't really exist anywhere else. So I think that was kind of the appeal is that people had never really seen the trail where there was actually like, you know, overhanging rocks above your head and that sort of thing. So I think that translated pretty well in the video and it's just a different looking trail than most people are used to seeing. So I think that was well by that, you know, went over so well for everybody. Yeah. It's a, a hangover is amazing. Like everyone needs to go ride that trail and check it out. And it's just such a unique riding experience. That's definitely on the list of trails that I think everyone should experience once in their life. Yeah. I've ridden it, but not as well as you did. So <laughs> I still had a good time. Yeah, it's, though. It was a, it yeah, was a good I, experience. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. I, I've ridden it, I don't know, probably 10 times now. And it takes a few times to get the flow of it. But once you figure it out, it's like everything kind of works pretty well. And then you just have to be riding with people that know the lines and get brought up to speed on it, you know. But yeah, it's, it's a little scary. Like if you don't like heights, it's definitely not where you want to find yourself. But <laughs> I somehow managed to uh, block that stuff out and ignore the obvious danger of falling, falling to the right. So, yeah. So judging by all of your videos and the competition schedule that you keep, you've ridden a lot of diverse trails all over the world, you know, including Hangover. So you said Hangover is on your list, but what other trails are on your list of favorites? So I basically, I like riding in, in Whistler a whole lot and Sedona a whole lot. And my local trails are pretty sweet too here in Colorado. Yeah, if you're in Sedona and you're going to ride Hangover, that's obviously number one on the list. Um, also, you can link together the 3H ride and you can do the Hogs and you can do Highline and you can do them all in a day, basically. Those are my three go-tos in Sedona that offer the most sort of technical riding and engaging trail riding. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Whistler is uh, pretty much mountain biking mecca and I have managed to spend a lot of time there over the last few years. And just the bike park itself is amazing. I love all those trails. Everything in the Whistler Valley, all the cross-country riding is world-class. And then you have, you know, Squamish to the south, Pemberton to the north, and there's just years and years of trail riding that one can do in that area. So I never really find myself bored there. Yeah, like I said, like my local stuff, um, there's a lot of like high alpine interesting technical riding where I live and I really love getting up high in the mountains and getting above tree line and riding that sort of terrain. Like a lot of where I live, it's a lot of old hiking trails that are super eroded. Some of that makes for amazing descents in my mind. I like riding all that kind of natural terrain. Yeah. You know, when we were in Bolivia, this one trail that we rode, it might be the best trail that I've ridden in the world. It's basically, it's called El Choro, and it starts at a little over 15,000 feet, and then it descended, ah, uh, man, I'm going to say that it had it had 15,000 feet of descending with 2,500 feet of climbing Whoa. over a course of 38 miles. Wow. Dang. So that's hard to even kind of quantify. So the closest thing I could say is that it's basically like, Riding two whole enchiladas in Moab back to back over, th- over 38 miles. <laughs> so I, I was like completely blown away. I've never descended like 15,000 feet in one trail and 
material was like mind-blowingly good the whole way like really technical parts of it were fast parts of it were slow it was just amazing so that one's on the list on my new list of my might be the best show i've ever written so yeah that was cool so you mentioned that we're going to be seeing some follow cam Friday from your Bolivia trip. What else can we look forward to? Which trails and riders are you planning to hit for the series coming up? So I haven't really spent much time filming my local trails. So I'm going to do a bit of that this summer um, with some of my other friends, some, some of the same guys and some other people that you guys haven't seen ride before. I also will be traveling all over the place racing. I've got... Uh, a trip to Aspen coming up for the EWS there, as well as Whistler. I have a bunch of racing in the States. I have a trip to Mexico in November to do a race. So I'll be trying to document um, a lot of the racetracks, just in practice runs, that sort of thing. Um, it's good for me to film that stuff because I like to watch it too, just to get my head around the tracks that I don't know very well. And some of that will translate pretty well to uh, episodes. So, yeah, I have a, a ton of traveling this summer all over the place, and we'll be documenting a bunch of that with a bunch of different riders that people haven't seen before in front of my camera. So, yeah, it should be, should be a fun summer. Other new content coming. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Well, thanks for joining us, Nate, on the podcast today. You can keep up with Nate at natehills.com and also by subscribing to his YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the upcoming Follow Cam Friday episodes. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.